So this is Dr. Brian Rikers. He is a pulmonologist with HSHS Medical Group, specializing in diagnosing and treating such issues as pneumonia, asthma, bronchitis, sleep disorders, emphysema, and other complex disorders of the lung. So thank you for sharing your time with us today, Dr. Rikers. Um, we'll go ahead and get started, and I'll start with one of the first questions. How can poor air quality, like we're seeing today, affect people's health? Yes, thank you for the question. Um, so poor air quality can have significant adverse effects on people's health. Breathing air that, that has been polluted can cause or worsen respiratory problems such as asthma and COPD. Poor air quality has also been linked to increased risk of cardiovascular diseases. Pollutants in the air can cause allergic reactions, irritate the eyes, nose, and throat. Prolonged exposure to air pollution uh, can result in reduced lung function over time and poor air quality weakens the respiratory system defense mechanisms, making individuals more susceptible to respiratory uh, infections such as influenza and pneumonia. And of some of those um, effects, are what part of them takes effect immediately? Can people who walk outside the door, will they see the effects of this high-risk air pollutant uh, that's going on? Yes, yeah, so uh, breathing um, and smoking, you know, have several immediate effects uh, on a person's health. Uh, it, it's important to note that the immediate effect of smoke inhalation can vary depending on the individual's underlying health, the duration, intensity, of the ex and composition of the smoke exposure. Respiratory irritation can occur, such as coughing, wheezing, shortness of breath, sore throat. You know, it can decrease the amount of oxygen available with increased smoke inhalation, um, essentially sometimes causing the sensation of breathlessness, dizziness, confusion. Uh, it's also prone to irritating the eyes and nose, as well as causing headaches and dizziness. And what are some of the particular health risks of certain age groups or of those with particular health conditions? Can you speak a little more in detail about certain specific areas of patients? Yeah, so we obviously worry about risks to all individuals, uh, but... You're right in assuming that the, you know, the very young, the elderly, uh, and those with pre-existing conditions carry the highest risk. Um, we've kind of touched a little bit upon, you know, upon how, you know, that's consistent with what I said. You know, it's respiratory conditions, cardiac conditions, flaring up of underlying asthma, COPD, uh, are, are typically the things that are highest on our, our list these days. Could side effects of, of the long term are just temporary difficulty breathing um, when these so the side effects can vary depending on the circumstances. You know, we've kind of said that it's foreseeable that higher concentrations, longer duration of exposures uh, will cause more immediate symptoms, and it's possible that these would lead to more permanent symptoms and those, especially those with pre-existing conditions. If you are to develop any of these persistent symptoms, you know, following exposure, it's advisable to consult a healthcare professional. As for myself, you know, prevention prevention's always first, right? We're, we're fortunate in our area to only really be experiencing this poor air quality for a brief period of time. I, I know that, you know, I don't typically think, you know, twice about taking my kids out to roast mar marshmallows, you know, and, and the air quality that's associated with that. You know, this brief period of time, yes, it's it's not advised to have significant exposure to it. Um, but, again, in our area, we're, we're fortunate to be a short period of time. And what can people do to either protect themselves if they are at risk or, or do anything preventative to, to not have um, additional lung issues? You got it. So, first and foremost, you know, stay informed. You know, you can stay up to date on air quality. There's a number of great websites, um, local indices. There's even special apps that you can get on your phones these days uh, that kind of tell you the air quality index. 
was pretty remarkable. The American Thoracic Society, you know, they, they say about 25 micrograms per cubic meter is about the extent of what we want on a, on a high day. Uh, in our neck of the woods, yesterday and today, we're hitting 180. So this is, this is quite abnormal for us to see. You should limit your outdoor activities, especially those requiring heavy exertion. And if you must be outdoors, try to schedule those activities when the air quality is a little bit better, typically earlier in the morning or in the late evening hours. Do your best at creating an indoor environment that's that's clean, you know, keeping doors, windows closed if possible, uh, and, and, and also if possible using uh, air purifiers, including HEPA filters. And if it's, the air quality is extremely poor like today, if you do have to be exposed for a prolonged period of time, it would be advisable to wear a mask such as an N95 and 109 and N100 to filter out those fine particles. Thank you. Um, do you have any other general statements or anything that you wanted to add um, before we check the chat and see if there's any additional questions? No, just text questions. Okay. Well, you'll be happy to see that we don't have any uh, questions at the moment. Um, does anybody on the on the call have additional questions for Dr. Riker? Did we cover pretty much the basics for for you today? Feel free to come off mute or put it in the chat. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Sean Baldant over at WSMI. Uh, I guess the important thing is uh, I know people like to fall back on the tried and true and feel like they have a sense of uh, you know past situations, but I, I would have to think there's really nothing to fall back on or remember anything like this. You know, I haven't, I don't know the, the data specifically for our neck of the woods, right? But if we're, if we're looking at what's theoretically acceptable, I mean, we're more than five times that, you know, at this point in time. So this is, this is pretty unprecedented, uh, particularly for our neck of the woods. Um, you know, if you think about the particulates in the air at this point in time, uh, it's, it's nothing shy about you know, it's, it's worse than being in a, in a heavy, congested, you know, intersection of, of, of cars. You know, that gets up to about 60, I think, uh, micrograms per cubic meter, and we're twice that. Uh, so there's, there, there's not really a great precedent that we have for, for patients who live in our neck of the woods who may have experienced this previously, shy of being next to a campfire for a long period of time. Any other questions for, for follow-up? No? Um. Well, again, that's record. So I think um, from the reports on today's incident that is hopefully this air quality will return soon. You know, it's not going to stay around for very long. But what? Uh, but we are going to get some excessive heat. So can you maybe speak to a little bit on um, those combined or if there's any just general health or breathing issues for those who may have may have other difficulties or other risk factors? So I guess the question, I believe, is is the the heat index also causing issues in addition to the to the particulate in the air? Uh, I would look at them as irrespective issues. You know, most of our, okay. our our patients in the area, as well as anyone who lives in the you know in, in the St. Louis metropolitan area, you know, we always say it, it's the humidity gets you. You know, we know what it feels like to breathe that hot, humid air. But this is different. This is adding to the mixture. So I, I would expect that um, those who have already had symptoms in these scenarios would likely be worse. I saw something come through from the chat um, with regards to yeah. COVID masks and are they beneficial? Um, so the surgical masks, you know, likely better than nothing, but not really as great as we would like for exposure to uh, fine particulate matter. That's typically when you're looking at the N95 masks, uh, which we had been using uh, in the initial COVID waves. You know, that, that would generally be more... But I would be preferred over the surgical masks, correct? 
another question from WANB. Are there possible long-term health impacts of extended exposure to this poor air quality? Absolutely, yeah. So one of the first things I kind of made mention of is that prolonged exposure to poor quality of air has been associated with cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, higher risks of lung cancer, loss of lung function. There's even been some association as well with, with neurological change. Thank you. And uh, WMAY, what are the ramifications for such a climate issue in conjunction with COVID-19 in long and short term relative to breathing issues? I, I, I would probably do my best at separating the two. You know, we want to be mindful of anything. Um, Fortunately, our incidence is quite low in our area at the time, um, but one of the things I'd also kind of mentioned was uh, how breathing in extensive amounts of pollutants can sometimes break down those those barriers that we have to help protect our lungs, you know, and help protect ourselves from infections. So it may leave you more susceptible, um, but there's not really any strong publication, at least that I'm readily aware of, to associate that with increased susceptibility to COVID itself. Thank you. Any other questions? Oh, there's one more. If there, uh, is there relief for symptoms or discomfort people might be experiencing? Generally, it would depend on the severity of those symptoms. Um, the first and foremost is be preventative. Stay away, right? You know, if, if you go outside and you cough a little bit, go inside. Um, if you are, you know, experiencing significant respiratory symptoms, it's advisable to contact your nearest healthcare professional, and I would not necessarily exclude the need for, you know, emergency visits as well. You know, I think that we're going to probably see an uptick in COPD exacerbations, asthma exacerbations, potentially cardiovascular events as well. So never, uh, never take your health lightly. Seeing no other questions, just any any final thoughts from? Oh, as soon as I said that, of course. Thank you, Sean. Uh, with the rise in asthma in young people, any thoughts on making sure your youngster is healthy in this area? So, uh, you know, if we actually look at a long-term or longitudinal data for asthma, we've been pretty flat. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's been a, a rampant increase in the amount of asthma uh, over the past few years. But with regards to, to young children, uh, it's the same thing that we would have for anyone. Reducing your exposures, no no unnecessary uh, prolonged exposure, outdoor activities, unless they're absolutely necessary, especially if your little one has underlying asthmatic conditions. This would be a great time to avoid, first and foremost, especially if we're just dealing with mainly, you know, 48 hours of, of significant air pollution in our area. It would be significantly different if we were living in an area where this was a constant. And again, Dr. Record, any information that you want to close out with on this topic or any other you know, aspects around this that you didn't cover, that you wanted to cover? Yeah. You know, there's a saying in the pulmonologist's office, which is, when you can't breathe, nothing else matters, right? So if you are exhibiting significant symptoms, I, I would say look into them and, and never be shy about seeking a referral to a specialist um, for their opinion as well. Thank you. Okay, well, I appreciate everyone's time today, and for I want to thank my team for pulling this together um, for all the media and for Dr. Riker, thank you for your time as well. It's important information and, you know, very timely.